Oh, thanks, Jordan, Olivia, and Nelson. That's awesome. Thanks for leading us, and uh, good to see you all. Great to be with you this morning. Really excited this morning to get to uh, preach. Doesn't happen a lot, but um, once in a while, they let me loose. And they let me up here. But uh, I'm, uh, it's kind of such a privilege and uh, love this community that I get to be a part of and get to open Scripture with you this morning. And I'm excited about the text, too. Um, and just to give a quick recap, if you are uh, new this morning or if you haven't been following along, we've been doing a, a series through the book of First John. And I'm sorry, you're going to have to follow this screen over here. The other one decided not to work this morning because I think technology has a will. And this one won this time. Um, but uh, yeah, if you can bear with us and just look over there. And maybe you guys over here want to shift your chairs around or whatever do uh, whatever you need to do that's comfortable. Um, so yeah, quick recap. The first week we had a guest. Uh, she was uh, Julie uh, Barrios. And she kicked off with a sermon uh, opening up First John. And this is the book we've been walking through. Uh, and uh, she talked about joy. She talked about the ballooning caterpillar, if you remember. If you don't, you can check out the podcast. Lance gave us two back-to-back sermons on uh, helping us understand the Gnostic context in which First John was uh, spoken to and how we still have a little bit of Gnostic in us today. And uh, he also talked about the always fun topic of sin. And I think that was a real highlight. I'm serious. Why are you laughing? Uh, Nelson, I think, uh, to sum up his sermon, you could say uh, this phrase by James K.A. Smith, we are what we love. And then uh, two weeks ago, Steph Ratcliffe, she came up here and she walked us into chapter 3, talked about mystery of hope, mystery of our faith, uh, the difficulty of Christian t-shirts, and uh, she did a really good job, and I'm really thankful for her. Thanks, Steph. And then last week, who remembers what happened last week? What was it? Shout it out if you remember last week. Okay, it was a trick. We didn't have a gathering last week. And if you were like, yep, I remember last week. I got you. Um, so I got I to gotta catch us up to speed because there's some really cool things happening in this letter. And it really is more of a sermon, a poetic sermon than it is a letter. Uh, but John is writing to a network of house churches that are experiencing a bit of a crisis. And so his sermon to them is a bit of damage control in, in, a, in a way. There's a group of people that have fallen away or have decided that Jesus is no longer the Messiah and they're even being hostile toward the, the faithful believers. So he's writing to these people and the three things that he's mainly concerned with, just to kind of sum it up, is sin, the incarnation, and love for one another. And there's two main sections in the, in the letter or the sermon. Um, the first part uh, you can put up the next slide here. It's 1 John chapter 1 to 3, verse 10. And that's where Steph uh, led us up to. And the first half could be summed up by talking about God is light. And the second half, which we are starting today, is uh, God is love. So you can cheer if you want, or you can just, you know, sit and listen. That's okay. Yep, that's really exciting. So we're going to open up to 1 John, and you can uh, grab your chair Bibles if you don't have one, and it's on page 856, and we are just going to jump right in if that's okay. I'm going to do something a little different this morning. I'm going to put the whole passage up on the screen here, and I know you can't read these words, but I want you to look at the screen here. After you open up your own Bible, 
because uh, we're going to look specifically at individual phrases, but uh, I want you to look at the whole, whole passage right here. This is 1 John 3, 11 to 24. This is what we are looking at today. And I want to do a couple things. Let's just point out some key words, and I think it's really neat to see where they are positioned in this passage and how it kind of sets up the trajectory of what I think John is trying to say. So one is the word love. Love is mentioned in this passage seven times. And this is also really interesting, too, because uh, in this whole book, the word love, uh, talking about to love or God's love or our love, um, neighbor love, all of that, it's mentioned 46 times in the whole book. The whole book of 1 John mentions love 46 times. Up till now, we've only had five of those mentions. So you can really see the shift into the section of God is love. And so this one starts off with a bang. We're going seven mentions of love right away. Uh, And through the whole passage, we see love. Another topic that I said John is interested in is sin. So let's see where the sin mentions are. We have um, murder. It's mentioned four four times. It's really a really happy passage talking about murder and evil. Um, There's a few mentions of hate and also death. So we see that all happening in the first paragraph there. And then life is the blue there, mentioned uh, three times. And then Jesus is another word that's mentioned twice in this passage. You can already see kind of the trajectory of this verse. This passage, it starts off with some talk about sin, uh, but also moving to hope. And there, it's kind of this dark to light movement. I really, I really think this is cool. So uh, mention the spirit as well, which is God also. Uh, mentioning God, or any mention of him, his, or he uh, that's related to God is all there in that kind of second half. And then scattered throughout the letter is us, or we. And this is mentioned, you can put the last one up there, scattered throughout the whole thing. And one of the things I noticed about this is that we are part of the first part and the second part. Anyways, we're going to get into all this. I thought it was kind of cool to see that highlighted like that. And we're actually going to read this whole passage. Hopefully that kind of gives you a bit of a setup for the passage. You can open your Bibles, like I said, to 856, and let's read this together. John writes, For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not, remain, or who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. 
and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Oh, God, be with us this morning as we uh, walk through this passage. I thank you for your message of love and how you are a God of love. Help us to uh, receive revelation of you as a God of love even more today. God, fill us, be with us, teach us, mold us, transform us, we pray. Amen. The other day I was talking to someone, um, and uh, she was not a believer and she started asking questions about what I do for a living. And I, I love to say this uh, and sometimes hate it, but it comes out eventually that I'm a pastor. Sometimes people, I've had literally people, uh, tr- their conversation trail off and they'd slowly walk away. Okay, whatever. And then some people were really interested, and she was really interested. She started talking to me and asking questions about this church and your job and what do you do. And it kind of came to a head when she said uh, just this basic question but she's like so uh how do you how do you spread the good how do you spread the news <laughs> I, I, yeah that's a great question how do you spread the news and and I was like you mean like about about our faith or about church yeah yeah like the whole thing how do you how do you like get people to come to your church I'm like well that is a good question and I think uh, part of this passage answers this question how do we spread the news a little teaser there I'm not going to answer it well, I'm going to jump into the sermon now. <laughs> yes. Do I have your attention? Did it, did it work? Quick survey. Did that work? Okay, yes. Yes. Okay, I first I think uh, we need to look at this word. Actually, I'm going to jump into verse 11. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Just look at this. Uh, the message we heard from the beginning, we should love one another. I would just love to just hang out here and just look at this phrase, meditate on what it means for each of us, uh, think of different ways, brainstorm in the room kind of thing. This is kind of what I want to do with the sermon, but I, I, just, I want us to pause and just capture that. We should love one another. He kind of just throws it in there, kind of nonchalantly, but this, this, is, this sums it up. We should love one another. So my, my hope is that today we could perhaps imagine or even reimagine what it means and what it looks like to be uh, the church, to love each other. Specifically this church body, this community, Artisan Church. How can we love one another? Because John is talking to, he says, brothers and sisters a lot. Of course he believes in the love of neighbor and everyone outside these doors, yes. But he's speaking specifically to those in the church. And I think this is a message that we need to hear to love one another. And so I want to focus on three things that will help us walk through this, the evidence, the essence, and the expression of love. Um, But first, I want to look at this word love, because I think it's often uh, misinterpreted and way overused. Uh, I mean, in our English language, we can say in the same breath, I love sunsets and fidget spinners and God and French fries. Like, the word love doesn't really capture it all. 
It has more to do with the object of our love is. So I'm assuming that you know what kind of love I have when I say I love French fries. I'm assuming that you know that love is less than the love that I have for my wife. I'm assuming, and I, I'm, I'm assuming that you know that. My love for French fries is not as great as my love for my wife. But our, our English language kind of fails us, and I especially am not a wordsmith. I find it difficult to come up with new ways or new uh, words to use for this word love. But in the Greek, it's really helpful because there's different words to say love. And the word that John is using is called agape. It's a Greek word that is uh, sort of divine love. It means to value, to esteem, to feel generous concern for. But ultimately, at the, w- the root of agape is self-sacrificing, sacrificial love. One theologian put it this way. In agape, humanity does not merely express its nature, but transcends it. Agape identifies with the interests of the neighbor in utter independence of the question of his or her attractiveness and with no expectation of reciprocity. So first, the evidence of love. In verse 14, uh, John writes, We know we have passed from death to life because we love each other. The, the evidence, if you will, that we are um, Christ followers is that we love. Uh, like the song, They Will Know We Are Christians by Our Love, which is based on John's gospel. I, I think what he's trying to say is even uh, finer pointed is uh, that we will know that we are Christians by our love. That by possessing love, by having love toward God and his followers, is evidence that we are part of him and he is part of us. John is basically saying that uh, the one we follow, a Christ, the Son of God, came to earth and his motive was love. And he loved by giving himself for us, by sacrificing himself for us. And if we claim to be followers of that same God, then we should possess that same kind of sacrificial love. Uh, And in the letter, he goes on this whole rant about Cain. Um, Don't be like Cain. Basically, love one another and avoid hatred. Don't be like Cain who hated his brother and murdered him. Who who has murdered someone? Who here has murdered someone? Don't put up your hand. I have. I've murdered someone because I've had hatred in my heart toward another brother or sister. And Jesus kind of flips what murder is in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, if you hold hatred toward your brother and sister, it's like murder. Later on, there's this obscure passage in this, this, uh, this section that we're looking at that we know that we belong to the truth um, because love is the evidence. Um, basically, there's going to be a difference in the way that we relate to one another. There's going to be a difference in the way that we relate to God. There's, there will be an affection for him. And we can love, we can forgive, even our enemy, it says. Um, there's a lot has been mentioned on this already, this kind of evidence or assurance of our faith uh, in the past sermons, so you can check that out. But I want to move on to this part on the essence of love. Uh, and John talks about how we know what love is. Um, I remember... Uh, the essence of uh, love, let me say this first, is the, uh, the essence is something like the intrinsic nature of or the quality of something. And uh, I have this memory of being at, uh, 
in my seminary where I'm studying theology and a professor coming in to teach on pastoral care. And I was very, very excited about this professor coming because I had really admired and respected him. It would be kind of like someone that you look up to coming in and teaching on something that you're really passionate about, um, you know, makeup or poutine. Why am I having french fries on the mind? I don't know. But so imagine someone that you really respect. Maybe it's a, a musician or an author or someone talking about their kind of specific topic that they're known for. And so this professor comes in, and literally one of the first opening statements he gives is, pastoral care is, uh, the essence of pastoral care is, and I'm just like, yes, what? What is it? <laughs> like ready to write down every word because I knew this guy. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd appreciated his work. I'd really admired him. And so he opens up with this. And uh, the essence of this is this. Do you want to know what it is? Oh, okay. The essence of pastoral care, he said, is uh, presence and participation. And I think it was really beautiful. I, the, I wasn't planning on saying that, but... Presence being my, my presence with people and Christ's presence in me and participating in that spirit, basically joining God in the renewal of people. So this is kind of the, this is the feeling John is setting up here, the essence of love. Uh, this is how we know what love is. And I, I, I wish we could do something dramatic and maybe we can, you can all help me here, do like a bit of like a drum roll on your lap. Because this is like, yeah, yeah. Okay, stop, that's cheesy. We don't need to do that. But this is, this is what he says, the, the, the essence of love. This is how we know what love is. And this is the center point of the whole passage that we're looking at today. That Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Again, this is one of those passages we just have to look at and kind of sit with for a while, that this is how we know. This is the essence of love. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Oh, there, there's a few astonishing facts about this, this phrase or things that I think really stick out to me. First is that uh, he's not looking for return. He, he's saying, I've given, I've given you this. I've died for you. I've sacrificed. I've laid down my life for you. And he's not saying, and you should lay down your life for me. No, he's, he's directly pointing it out to the world and to his creation that you ought to lay down your lives for your brothers and sisters. Uh, but in a way, it is kind of a return to himself because Jesus so intimately in, intertwines himself with the church. And I'm thinking of one specific uh, encounter that Christ has with Paul on the Damascus Road, his, his conversion point. And Jesus says to Paul, who's never met Jesus, but meets him now on the Damascus Road, he says, why are you persecuting me? And Paul, it's kind of a confusing statement because Paul is persecuting the church, but he never once like persecuted Jesus directly. But Jesus, he, like I said, he so intimately uh, attaches himself to the church. It's as if... He was persecuting him. And so when we are laying down our lives for one another, we're, we're laying our lives down for Christ. As we lay down our lives for the church, it's, it's as if it's the same thing as laying down our lives for him. Uh, second is this word lay. Uh, he laid down his life as we ought to lay down our lives. And the, the word in Greek means 
I, you know, I thought that this word was simply just death. You die for someone. Uh, but it's a little more deeper, a little deeper than that. Um, that uh, it's, it certainly does and could include giving your life, sacrificing your life in death. But uh, there's more to it than that. So the word in Greek actually kind of gives us this picture. It's, it means to place or to set uh, as to produce at a table. Uh, this idea of just uh, putting your life out there, not necessarily in death, but in the daily deaths, um, the daily sacrifice of service for one another. I find it really interesting, really funny how I could, it, without even batting an eye, if someone said, would you throw yourself in front of a bus for Aubin, my wife? Yes, of course. I wouldn't even, it wouldn't even have a second thought about it. But when it comes to like washing the dishes twice in a row without complaining, I'm like, it seems almost impossible. <laughs> oh yeah, die for you, baby. But when it comes to the menial daily tasks of just service, it's like almost a harder death. It's like, oh, that, that's so hard to do. And it's, it's seen, this, this type of love that John is talking about is seen in those tiny, minuscule, daily, difficult acts. Also the big ones, too. I love what C.S. Lewis says is, love is not affectionate feeling, but a steady wish for the loved person's ultimate good as far as it can be obtained. Imagine if we looked at people like that. I want to see, the, what does he say? I want to see the ultimate good as far as it can be obtained in you, Paul. What can I do for you to succeed in your business and your family? I want to I wanna do it. It's, it's looking outward. It's seeing the other and acting that way. It's a challenge. So the essence of this type of love is sacrifice. I, I wonder what it would look like for us to lay down our lives for one another. What would this church, what would Artisan Church look like? Imagine, seriously, with me. Imagine what would it look like if we each seriously considered what it looked like to lay down our lives for one another. And I'm not just talking about the people that you like or that you have an affinity toward or, you know, dress the same way as you or they follow the same people. I'm talking about everyone. If we actually considered laying down our lives for the other, for one another.